0: first first, uh, relations coach and I'd like to welcome you to my very first video introducing my podcast really is that the way you see me and to eliminate any confusion this is the audio version of the video this podcast is dedicated to opening up the blind spots in your relationships and seeing the world from a different lens today I have with me Tyler Lucchese who is one of the great loves of my life and also someone I truly appreciate and respect. Tyler is the founder of Baby Balloon Newborn Care based out of Newport, Rhode Island. And it's very apropos that Tyler is here with me today because she's the one that's responsible for creating my first attempt of YouTube over a YouTube channel over 10 years ago. In this video, Tyler and I will briefly discuss the ways in which understanding her Enneagram type has impacted and changed her life. So first of all, I wanna thank you, Tyler, for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Iris. I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: Yeah, this is really exciting for me too. When you, you were here during the whole process of trying to figure out how to use this new webcam that's fancy schmancy and all of that. So, um, so I would like to actually Tyler ask you um, a question regarding your Enneagram personality type and learning about the Enneagram and you've been in my life since you were a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd like to know like how it impacted you, like what, what value did you get for it? What did you learn about yourself? How did it create change in your life?
1: Yeah. So. I sort of had a little bit of an epiphany because I realized that ever since I started implementing the Enneagram with you and started working through who I was, my life began at that point. So just a little bit of a history. Um, I have been working with children and families for, since I was a child Um, and a lot, it's very common within the caretaking sort of realm is for us to be people pleasers and to have I've always had sort of a submissive type of approach when working with families and when working with even relationships personally within my my world Um, and since sort of you know unpacking who I was with the Enneagram and being able to identify some aspects of how I was navigating my life I've now broken free from that. And I've realized that rather than saying yes to everyone all the time, I have to stop myself and realize, no, you know, is that really what I want? And is that going to serve me? Rather than just constantly like robotically saying yes to everyone all the time, which ultimately we all know we end up getting resentful and pissed at the other person when realizing that the real root of, that issue is coming from me. So there's been so much, um, learning within this process and I've grown so much and, and ultimately I'm in this amazing place in my life right now because of all the work that I've done. So I thank you so much for exposing me to all of this and working through the good parts, the messy parts, mm-hmm. and, and everything in between. So I thank you for introducing me to that. Okay,
0: so I want to tell everybody that Tyler is that leads with the type six, the the loyalist. And um can you tell me, Tyler, what is the greatest challenge of being a sixth for you? And what has been the growing points, I guess, you know?
1: Sure. So the biggest challenge I would have to say is my need for approval from virtually everyone, (laughs) from my father, my mother, my boss, you know, at the time when I had bosses, people that I see up in the grocery store, et cetera. It's constant need for approval and needing to be liked and wanted. And that was, is, it's, it's currently, you know, I'm not perfect and there's never, I haven't completed, there's no end game here. It's an ongoing process of working on this. But um, that ultimately was the most challenging because I'm forgetting that this is my life. And this is my health and wellness. Um, so I think that that's probably the most challenging part of the six is constantly needing to be wanted and loved. And that being such a um creating such issues in my life physically with my health, the people that I choose to be in my life, you know, relationship-wise, um, and even just in business too, you know, as a yes saying jackal as you say iris (laughs) i'm sure you'll have a completely separate uh, video about that but yeah you end up being resentful um because i'm kind of being a different person i'm saying things that's not truly aligned with how i feel and what i want and what i need so um, that's been the biggest challenge i'd say
0: so i think it's really great that you see this and it And, you know, when we see our blind spots, it's not always the easiest pill to swallow, right? Because our egos want to see us in the best light. And yet there is such a freedom. Did you have you found that in being able to embrace not only your gifts, but also your challenges? Mm -hmm. You want to say something about that?
1: Sure. The ultimate goal of a six and who I am is to risk for connection, which you'll, I'm sure you'll go into the sexual subtype, which I am the epitome of a sexual subtype. That's my, my biggest need and want from my heart is to connect with others on a, on a human level and a real and deep and raw level. So the freedom that I've, that I've sort of accomplished through this all, and saying how I feel and speaking from my heart and saying no when I mean it, it (laughs) creates for what I wanted from the very beginning, being open and being truly who I am is giving me what I need. So that sexual bonding experience with other people, it strengthens it. So that's been the biggest piece.
0: That's great. So Tyler just brought in another piece of where she said her, sexual instinct. And actually what she was saying about connection is, and we all need connection. So I just want to state that. But what she brought in was actually a survival strategy. So it's not actually a sixth thing. It's actually a sexual instinct survival strategy where she has to have the connection. The, the way it comes through, through the sixth, is that she's always tracking the sexual instinct is also tracking for connection, but the six is also projecting about what could go wrong and what's going to create the disconnection. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so Tyler also being that, um, promoting, you know, the stuff that I do with the, The Enneagram trifecta that you actually have three drivers. Tyler's uh, trifecta type is called the mediator, and it's made up of the type six, the loyalist, the type nine, the peacemaker, and the type three, the achiever. And the high side of that type is that they they're very adaptable and they could adapt to anything. The low side of it is. Sometimes they adapt and are, can be like shapeshifters to morph into what people want. And this is like addressing what Tyler was saying about her growing edge being um, the part that had to reclaim herself. Like, who am I? Like, where was I in this? And I'm just saying yes to have people accept me or get the goal or or feel safe. And then all of a sudden, it's like, where'd I go? Mm-hmm. So is that a pretty accurate description?
1: Totally. I would, and I still am guilty of this. I always have to kind of be real with myself and kind of tap into it, but I would always, okay. So if someone asked me a question, I, before I would kind of reflect on what I actually feel is happening, you know, what my response would be. I would go ahead, literally, and ask my partner at the time, "How do you feel about this?" Iris <laughs> is great. Iris, how do you feel about this? I would ask my father, "How do you... And then I'd go. It's sort of like I, I um, survey my entire whoever I have in my toolbox before coming up with my own, you know, example. My own response. Um, so that has been. It's been so confusing to develop. It took me quite a bit of time to actually. You know, tap into it and sit down with myself before I survey the whole population of the world and kind of figure out, um, you know, what my perspective is, and that I actually have value in my own experience and my own opinions and Excellent. and whatnot, because I would, t- I was kind of like molded into the, p- the opinion of everyone around me. So that self-development has been like, so cool. To learn more about myself, it's it's kind of like for the first time, you know, it's been an ongoing process, but I'm learning more about myself throughout all of this, which is so cool.
0: And do you find that each time you have like a new epiphany and an aha moment, it's really not something different, but each time it seems like so different and so like life changing, right? But it's just another like layer of the onion of the same like stress survival strategies, basically. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. When someone asks me a question now, when I give them my answer, my answer, I'm so proud of myself. Awesome. So yeah, it's been really great. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And Tyler also just brought up a really amazing point of, Oh, there I did use the word amazing, which is a seven word, which I am. Um, Tyler brought up a really great point about the six and the type six they pull, they do ask because what they want is they want at the core to be able to trust something so they could feel safe. Mm-hmm. And the default is to put the authority outside of themselves. And what Tyler was saying is that she actually goes in now and she could drop in, she could catch herself doing it. And then hopefully not judge herself too badly while she's observing it and then she says okay what do I want like what is my truth what feels real to me and that is really the growing edge of the six where at their best they are like the bedrock of clarity you know they're like the clarity of vision but when they go into what I call the sh you know what committee (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be allowed to do this on YouTube, but, you know, then I'll have to put, you know, whatever contents, right. Yeah. I have to bloop it out. Um, when, when they go into that committee, that inner board of directors, then they're not connected to the highest guidance, but when they could distinguish the, the, this board of directors from their highest guidance, their inner guidance, they're, they're amazing they're amazing leaders, they're amazing troubleshooters. They they have compassion for other people because they know about the self-doubt that plagues them. So they're able to really have real empathy for that.
1: Yeah, it's really funny how life comes full circle. So this is all going to make so much sense when I kind of dive into what I do for a living. So I have been since since the beginning of time I've been working with children, but I started getting involved in the postpartum support sphere. So what I've been doing as a newborn care specialist is I go into the home and I provide the overnight shift for newborns and their moms. So there's so many benefits that come from the service. So mom's able to get the sleep that she needs after labor and delivery, which is huge. Um, you know, the entire dynamic of the family, benefits because she's able to wake up in the morning and attend to her old eldest child, potentially if she has one, and the baby. She has better relationships with her, you know, partner and family members in the family in the household. So one of the biggest piece not only is the child care aspect, but it's going to be so funny. My biggest job is to remind mom to step into her own power and to find her voice and that I've been very good at with other people is to kind of bring them up and lift them up, putting myself aside. Cause that's always how it works. Right. We always struggle with those types of, you know, what we're good at for, with other people, it's like, I have to learn what I'm teaching, but, um, that's, you know, I have an agency. So I try and teach and coach the women who are providing the shift to families we've got to remind mom that everything that she needs is in her. So rather than looking at going on Google at 2 a.m. in the morning, researching that question or, you know, asking her girlfriends what she thinks she should be doing for infant sleep and et cetera, she should be looking within herself and reading baby's cues and really learning about her and, and her baby and finding that power within herself. So it's so funny how, I had to learn that even though I've been doing this for quite a bit of time with other people. So,
0: that that is really <laughs> a fantastic example of it. And you're right. I mean, there is that quote that you teach the things you need to learn the most. Hence, I'm a relations coach. Hello. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, that's so fantastic. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else in closing that you'd like to? tell our listeners about regarding the Enneagram and you know what you see they might benefit from even though you don't know them just
1: sure aside from business which I think that has been the, not the biggest but a huge part of my growth with the Enneagram relationships with family members and relationships with partners in my life looking back has changed tremendously. And, uh, you know, obviously I've gotten older and with age, hopefully comes wisdom, but I'm able to detect and pick up on negative behaviors that I would have used, you know, different tactics and just, um, what I was used to, how I was used to interacting with people beforehand versus my like Enneagram you know, rebirth. And, <laughs> I um, like that. It's true. rebirth. It's so true. Um, but my relationship now, like let's say with Tim, Iris knows all about Tim. Um, just the way that I'm able to kind of track, you know, certain triggers that I would have normally had with other people, I have a different filter now where I'm not taking things so personal. Um, you know, based off of what my needs are, you know, when someone says something to me, if Tim has an exclamation, you know, or or, um, vocalizes, let's say an issue, right? Like something that's really been bothering him. I'm able to approach it objectively with loving kindness, you know, the need of his and his delivery is pretty damn good. Like I have to say, (laughs) it's like, He's very objective with how he specifies his needs are, which that helps. Um, But I'm able to just assess it from a very gentle perspective. And then, you know, we kind of work through it together and we have clear communication. And that I've learned from the Enneagram.
0: So um, many of you who have already subscribed to my podcast, and work with me will be sick of this quote, or otherwise it'll be yours. So, Buddha said, When all is understood, all is forgiven. So, what I heard from you just now is when you learn not to personalize it and see that it's just a different operating system, it's a different filter, it's a different flavor of a need, mm-hmm. then you have the freedom to not personalize it so you could actually hear the need. Mm-hmm. Is that in here, Tim's need in particular. Totally. That,
1: totally, rather than going down the <laughs> rabbit hole. And as a six, it's like constant people closing, people pleasing, people closing. So when someone has an actual need and when they have a request that potentially I could be doing something different, I'm like, ah! you know, <laughs> no, I've been working my whole life to try and please you. And then you're telling me that you, so now I have to have an open perspective and understand his need and work through it. It's an ongoing process. It's a journey. There's no end game. I'm nowhere close to it. And I never want to be because if I feel that there's an end game, there's no growth that can happen. So That's great. Uh, yeah, it's I, I definitely can see things and I, there's such freedom in that being able to have an open conversation and not feel a pinch every time you specify your need so there's such a beauty in that
0: yeah so i mean you made so many great points and you know one of them is where you were saying again with the people pleasing thing and each of the nine basic enneagram personality types has a super ego message or call it an inner critic message and for the type six it's i'm good or okay if I'm responsible and do what's expected of me. But it's not only what they expect of themselves, it's what everybody else expects of them. So that is a trap. So it's really wonderful that you could now catch yourself in the people pleasing mode, stop, and then drop in and say, okay, but what's really my truth? Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that. And um, okay. So, um, in closing, I want to thank you so much for being here. You know how much I love you, and you're adorable. If you have any further questions, you could reach me by visiting my website, relations with an S coach.com. You can email your questions to iris at coach.com. Also, please feel free to take my Enneagram personality trifecta test remember to take part one and part two. Part two is about your instinctual survival strategies and take advantage of the complimentary 15-minute consultation to either briefly discuss your results or you can use it if you're struggling with any personal or relational issue and see if our working together is a right fit for you. To receive my not-so-monthly blogs, upcoming workshop specials and any available handouts, please join my email list which you will find on my website. If you enjoyed today's episode and are interested in listening to previous and upcoming episodes, please feel free to subscribe. You can find me by searching, really, is that the way you see me on any of your preferred platforms? And most importantly, I want to take a moment to thank you for creating the time in your day to listen to this podcast. It is my pleasure and honor to be a conduit that can lead to happy, loving, and fulfilling relationships. I look forward to connecting with you and catch you on our next show.